newest fundraisers. I'm Dawn Lego, and it's time to buckle up for a new episode of Raise Nation, the one and only podcast made to inspire fundraisers like you to continue making impact in our communities, building better tomorrows, and exchanging ideas. So whether you're a trailblazer or seasoned pro, you'll pick up the trends that transform your fundraising. And together, we'll dive into lively conversations and chat with industry-leading fundraisers and thought leaders to explore those hot-button issues and innovative ideas. So stay with us for the next 30 minutes while we transform the future of fundraising. I am super excited um, about our next guest. Um, We have the Executive Director, Parry Farad, um, from the Miles of Hope Breast Cancer Foundation out of New York. Now we're recording this episode at the end of September and next month, if I have my cause calendar right, is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And as a female, as a woman, super important topic. So I'm really excited to get into um, our conversations today. Hello, Perry. How are you doing? I'm great. I'm so thrilled to be here and talk about such important issues to women's health and and nutrition and uh, what Miles of Hope is doing for people right here in the Hudson Valley in New York. You know, we fund support services for people affected by breast cancer right here in New York, nine counties of the Hudson Valley, about a two million people uh, population. And what we are seeing as a trend right now is that people need help, people in treatment need help with things like transportation to and from treatment. They need help with groceries. They need help with insurance co-pays. They need help with electric bills and utility bills, gas, uh, all that kind of thing. And that's what Miles of Hope does. You know, we help the individual. That helps the family. Uh, everybody gets better, and um, and it's really a win-win for for our entire community. We feel like there are great organizations out there doing a great fundraising for research right from the top, our National Institutes of Health in Washington, D.C. and the American Cancer Society. But we decided we want to really help individuals and families and communities with uh, support. And so that's what Miles of Hope does. Oh, I'm so glad um, to hear that there's um, organizations out there because it's so heartbreaking to get a diagnosis of of any kind. Uh, breast cancer is scary, overwhelming, um, but I don't know that people recognize everything else that goes with it, like all of the the the, the long laundry list that you mentioned about. I have to go to chemotherapy. What am I going to do about childcare? What's my insurance covering? What is it not? How do I pay for that childcare so I could, you know, go get, get better. My bills are stacking up. There's just so much to worry about. It's not just, not just, I mean, breast cancer in and of itself is monumental, but all of the other things surrounding that that affect your daily life is even more monumental. It's like climbing two mountains. So you provide that direct support. What what do you see day in and day out? How how can you affect the change and change the lives of those who are affected by breast cancer? Yeah, even if you have great insurance, even if you are uninsured and on a state program, a federal program, or underinsured, um, you're going to find that you have uh, costs associated with a cancer diagnosis. And that's what Miles of Hope 
is here for to help with those costs. And yeah, I'm fundraising constantly because the need is growing. What we found during COVID was that people were not in 2020, especially going for any of their preventive services. So of course that's mammogram for, for breast cancer, all the sort of reproductive cancers, men's cancers, colonoscopies, prostate cancer, everything, um, because no one wanted to go into a hospital or medical office because of the, the fear of, of um, COVID-19. So what we're seeing now is a raised incidence of later stage cancers so that someone who's diagnosed with stage one or two breast cancer, that's a 97 to 98% you know, cure rate. You're, you're, you're gonna be fine. Um, stage three, a little more problematic. And then stage four, of course, is a metastatic breast cancer uh, diagnosis uh, or any di uh, cancer diagnosis. So what you wanna do, and you hear this all the time from everyone is catch cancer early because there's a much better chance of having an effective and successful treatment if it's caught early, especially stage, there's a stage zero, um, which uh, is about cellular activity and then stage one, of course, much easier. But, um, but and that's true of all cancer. But, you know, what's interesting when I'm speaking and I'm talking a lot in the month of October, Breast Cancer Awareness Month, as you can imagine, to women's groups and, and all kinds of um, businesses and, and organizations, what I tell people is they can reduce their cancer risk by 20 percent by literally adopting a healthy lifestyle. And this is really a no brainer because all we're talking about is adopting a, a exercise routine, good nutrition, limit alcohol consumption to you know normal levels and, um, and having preventive services. Um, this is a way to literally reduce cancer risk. And oftentimes I think women, because breast cancer affects one in eight women and women feel like they'll come up to me after I speak and say, oh my God, I feel like I'm just waiting to get breast cancer because it's so prevalent. And, and you know, my, my friend has it and, and my kid's teacher or whatever. And I say, you know, you owe it to yourself to be as healthy as possible, especially now um, while we're dealing with the, uh, with this pandemic. And um and this is just a way to, you know, treat yourself, your family. You know, oftentimes when a, the mom or the grandmother in a family is sick, that affects the entire family. It's not just one person. And what we find is if we help the individual, helps the family, helps the community. And so that's really what we're all about. Yeah. Wow. I mean, you certainly put it into perspective for me as you're talking. I'm certainly thinking about things that I could be doing better and different and um, a 20 percent decrease in breast cancer or, you know, acquiring cancer just by doing the right thing and living a healthy lifestyle. Gosh, it really puts that in, per in perspective. Um, and, and you've helped, you know, it, you've delivered $2.4 million into the community with direct support to individuals. How just how did you accomplish and achieve such amazing community support? $2.4 million. 
it's pretty terrific. So it's actually two point, it's actually two point seven five now uh, as of twenty twenty one. This this part of twenty twenty one about two point seven five million dollars we've injected back into the communities, um, helping people affected by breast cancer because uh, it's not just the patient. So one of our programs is scholarships for college-bound high school seniors whose lives have been affected by breast cancer. We also fund a peer-to-peer hotline, which is staffed by trained survivors. Um, You know, so we started in 2004. And what happened was two women really started this organization. They came to me. I have a degree of of master's in public administration with a a concentration in not-for-profit management. And I was on a board of directors with one of these women who's a breast cancer survivor. And she said, you know, I really want to keep the money I raise here in our community. What do you think about starting something up? And we did. We started Miles of Hope in 2004. And when we sat around the table with stakeholders, survivors, people in treatment, businesses, corporations, you name it, and we had focus groups and we said, okay, what's missing? Obviously, hospital and medical personnel, what's missing in our community? What will never be in a hospital budget uh, for uh, cancer patients? And what they said was, you know, Uh, that peer-to-peer sort of someone gets a diagnosis and the doctor says you have breast cancer and your mind turns off and you get scared and you can't hear a thing. And 30 minutes later, he says, okay, do you have all of that? And you're like, yeah, no, I don't have any of that. I don't have any of it. And so what we found was people had questions, but not just medical questions. It's like, you know, when's my hair going to fall out or do I have to have chemo or is radiation always part of it or whatever? So this peer-to-peer hotline, is, as I say, staffed by trained breast cancer survivors to answer those types of questions, not to second guess your medical opinion, but just to say, you know, to help with how you're going to tell your kids, how you tell your spouse, um, your day to day life, how you're going to feel maybe during treatment. Um, And then we heard from people that kids who've been through the ordeal um, with a parent, a grandparent, someone in the family, um, they wanna talk about it, they want to be recognized. And so our scholarship program, literally they submit their their, um, grades and, and their extracurricular activities and things like that, but then they write an essay about how they are affected or impacted by the breast cancer. Uh, in their in their family. And they're terrific and they're wonderful. And we have an annual spring brunch every year and the kids come and talk and tell us about how their lives are going to, you know, where they're going to college and how they're going to become doctors and, you know, nurses and and trained professionals and all this great stuff. And and it's really um, turns a terrible diagnosis into something sort of positive. And uh, they always they come with their parents and grandparents to our to this event. This was before COVID. This last time we could only have 200 people in a tent, so we had to limit it. But we hope to be back to full capacity uh, very shortly. I'm sure all the fundraisers out there feeling the same way. But um, yeah, so it's really it's heartwarming. So the fundraising, the programs, and then the sort of promotion of what we're able to do uh, to show people, you know, not only where their donor dollar go is going, but how effective the program is. 
I love, I love your mission. Uh, I love the storytelling. You know, there's nothing like storytelling to build community and um, the vision and where that, where it all started. You know, I'll, I'll share a little personal uh, story. Um, I do try to go for my annual mammogram and um, at the, um, I guess, radiologist's office, um, a, something was different between the most recent mammogram and the one before, um, I was fine. Everything was fine, but the scare was real, right? The scare was, you know, a little bit of a question mark, a little bit of a, oh, you know what? This looks different. Well, so from the drive home, I couldn't even make it home. I was in the car and I was so scared out of my mind. I couldn't even make it home. Fortunately for me, I very have a close relationship with my home. And truly I had no one to turn to. I wasn't going to call my mom and, and scare her. I didn't want to call my family and, and scare them, but I was at the point of like almost not functioning at this point. And I had no one to turn to. Um, but I did have my gynecologist. I marched into his office and he sorted it all out for me. Right. And so I was in a much better place, but just the, the sheer mention and, and the vision, like I, I lost all like senses and functionality um, just, just with that mishap of a scare. So it really goes to show how important the work that you're doing is in the community. Had I had a number to call, like, I don't know what to do. Somebody that I can talk to that would be calm and neutral. My family wouldn't have been calm and neutral. I didn't want to scare them. You have all these thoughts through your head. So I really have to applaud and commend that you not only, you know, took the bull by the horns and started, you know, kept the kept the dollars in your community, but really sat and thought about what's missing. And I can tell you for myself that that's exactly what was missing. I I was like lost in those few hours that I had to deal. I can't imagine if I really had to deal with it. So I have to applaud and take my hat off to you. It's just such a, such a rough, rough thing to go through. And I can't imagine somebody who has to go through the whole entire journey. So, you know, um, we were, during COVID, we were um, we connected with a gal who you might know, Kim Douglas. She is on the Hallmark Channel. She's an actress on the Hallmark Channel and uh, a breast cancer survivor. And she told us her story. We Zoomed with her during that event I was telling you about during that annual spring brunch. We Zoomed with her um, from her home in L.A. And she had a harrowing story about her diagnosis where um, they she went in for her annual mammogram completely cleared nothing no issue but she didn't feel well and they uh, she had a follow-up she went in for a follow-up a more intense uh, I think it was a 3d mammogram and ended up Um, having stage three breast cancer, um, which was not diagnosed initially. And then she talked about her treatment and, but she had that same feeling. She said it was an out of body experience when they said to her, 
you're not going to believe this, but thank God you came back because you need to start treatment tomorrow. And um, she's this beautiful gal. Oh my gosh, you should see her. Um, and you can see this whole thing, Kim talking about it and all that kind of thing on our website, milesofhope.org. Um, and it's a wonderful story in that not only is she doing great, oh my gosh, so wonderfully right now after her treatment. And, uh, but she said, um, you know, you, you pull on yourself, your inner strength, you pull on the strength of your family, every people, you know, sort of rise to the occasion to, to help. And I think she was very hopeful in that, um, even with that diagnosis, that very serious diagnosis, very hopeful. And uh, she's a very positive person anyway, but, uh, but I think it spoke to a lot of people that, um, you know, you're in charge of your own health, quite honestly, you are your best health advocate and to be diligent about it. And if something's wrong, you know, be strong, get treatment, go through it. And, uh, and, you know, you, you're, you're hopefully going to be okay. And rely on the miles of hope. Yes. Foundation when <laughs> Let so us know wanna, if we can help. <laughs> we do want to, I do want to underscore because inspiration is, you know, the voice of Raise Nation Radio. So I want to underscore where we could see that Zoom recording. It's on um, your website. Um, yes. Is that right? Yes. Milesofhope.org. Um, just, you know, uh, I, then the other thing is we designed our website with, again, stakeholders. And it was like, okay, you know, breast cancer is basically a postmenopausal disease. So we're dealing with people over the age of 50. And it's very, very different from someone who's, you know, 16 on a computer. Uh, so we designed our website where you go to the homepage and it says, I need help or I want to help. And wow. you start by, you know, so clear, by, right? I mean, yes. what could be more clear than that? Really clear. And then if you scroll down a little bit, you'll see Kim and the uh, the tile for uh, the to click on for watching the brunch Zoom, which is wonderful. And then uh, information about our upcoming walk on October 3rd, the community walk for breast cancer. Um, and, you know, I have to tell you, I know a lot of organizations do walks and I think they're wonderful, quite honestly, because I'm all about healthy uh, lifestyle and getting out there and exercising. But um, our events, and I'm sure this is true, a lot of not-for-profits out there, but our events are like giant support groups and people getting together to honor, remember anyone affected by breast cancer. You know, we have right now a um, couple of hundred people coming on Sunday to the walk. And I will October tell you. October 3rd, right? That's yeah, Sunday, October 3rd. 3rd. Yep. And I'll tell you that, you know, they will well, you know, hopefully we can hug these days and everybody in masks or whatever, but, uh, but it's a big uh, opportunity for people to say, you know, I'm thrilled to be here. I was in treatment or, you know, here's my sister. She was in treatment or whatever, just to be there in that group of everyone who gets it, you know? Yeah. And uh, it's just a wonderful, wonderful moment for, uh, for people to embrace the idea that breast cancer is very prevalent, but uh, you know that we're we're fighting it on every every front. Well, who hasn't had someone in their lives that they know of personally or, or somewhere been affected? As you say, one in eight. So that's pretty prevalent. So I think everybody truly gets it. Um, 
And if they don't, um, hopefully, you know, your awareness and the work that you do will help people get there. Um, but let's talk about fundraising. I have a whole bunch of questions all in one, right? We, we're coming out of a 20 month pan, uh, pandemic, global health crisis. You're, you've mentioned that need is more prevalent now than it has ever been because maybe those routine and preventative type tests and um, opportunities were, were avoided for a period of time. So there's more need, more fundraising, more donor engagement, just more, 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 do more. So what are you doing? Let's talk about the walk. Let's talk about what you're doing to create successful fundraising at your events, at your walk. Like, what have you done? What are you doing? And how people can get involved. I mean, I see that your walk starts uh, in just 48 hours. So thank you so much for in the middle of all of this, you know, joining our <laughs> podcast. But on October 3rd, you have a, you know, the big bang. Um, what's go? How are you doing it? How are you achieving fundraising success right now? Well, you know, we had to reinvent ourselves in 2019. I will, you know, I will tell you, um, we interviewed a lot of people and we're now working with one cause, as you know, and um, we had to take in 2020, we took two events virtual and we were completely virtual for that annual spring brunch. Um, And then the walk was virtual as well in October. How long have you had this walk? Is this... 18 years. Oh, I know. And so 17 of them were in person. One was totally virtual. Wow. And this year, but you know what, do you know what was really interesting about that? And I think it was a lot to do with the format. It was beautifully laid out with you guys. And we really uh, were able to um, be very interactive, even though you were just on a computer um, logging your miles and you could run, you could bike, you could walk or whatever, but we didn't do an in-person event. And this year we've chosen to do an in-person event and have virtual uh, walk and bike through October. So we sort of kept the virtual aspect of it as well because people enjoyed it and people now, wanted to. Do you think you'll do that moving it. forward or are you just taking it year by year? I, I do. I, with, the walk, wow. it's a no, with the walk, it's a no-brainer. It's an absolute no-brainer. With the brunch, I'm hoping that we'll get the, the size, the amount of people that we've had in the past. Um, And but um, I'm going to keep an open mind. I will tell you that it was great zooming with our celebrity. um, And quite honestly, you don't have the cost of bringing them in or (laughs) that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, there are some upsides. Yeah, no, that was learned a lot of lessons from the pandemic. That was a good one. And she was on a giant screen and she interacted with us just like I'm doing with you on a Zoom call. It was just a big, huge Zoom call. And um, so it's, it was challenging. 2019 was definitely challenging to, excuse me, 2020, uh, very challenging. 2021, we were just sort of rolling with the punches. We didn't know what we were going to be allowed to do. We ended up, as I say, having a limit of 200 people in a tent with the sides up in May. Luckily, we had gorgeous weather here in, in the in New York. And so it worked out real well. But um, I think all not for profits, we had to reinvent ourselves, we had to figure out how to make it work. Um, You know, online, whether you're fundraising in a in a 
annual appeal setting or, you know, that it wasn't same old, same old. We all needed to figure it out. And uh, and I think a huge part was was working with one cause and, and seeing what's compelling, what's working, uh, what's worked for other not for profits. You guys were really great about sharing success stories. So we borrowed from from other um, organizations, certainly. But, yeah, we we got up to speed. Our bottom line is great. Luckily, we have a good endowment, so uh, we were able to weather a, a tricky year. But um, yeah, I think development people across the board are saying, you know, this was a paradigm shift for not yeah. profit. Do you feel you've come out of it stronger? I mean, yeah. despite, do you feel like you're stronger now oh, in yeah. your fundraising? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, just like you and I are connecting now, people feel like you're we're very approachable. You know, oh, I can find Perry anywhere or, you know, oh, I'm Googling Perry Farood and there she is. And, you know, uh, I can email her or call her up or whatever Um, there, you know, because we're forced to be online all the time now, uh, it makes it makes you much more accessible. And for us and our mission, that's very important because, you know, I've gotten a call on Friday afternoon. Oh, my gosh. You know, I'm about to be evicted from my place because the Ugh. landlord doesn't realize that he's he's going to get paid by miles of hope um, because I'm in treatment for breast cancer and you guys are helping me out. And I'll be like, put him on the phone. Just put him on the phone. Ugh. And I'll say, you know, this is Perry Farood and I'm the executive director of Miles of Hope and we are paying this woman's rent. So just back off. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And, and I, you know, I'm looking at um, some of your impact tiles and it's interesting to me, you know, gas cards, copays, mammographies, groceries, transportation. That's heartbreaking. You know, it's heartbreaking when, when you think of the magnitude of breast cancer in and of itself. And then you see these, you know, different buckets that you're, you know, raising money for, uh, you know, it's just it, re- it really is heartbreaking. Um, but you know, I'm also encouraged and inspired at the same time. Uh, we still have 48 hours before Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and you're already about 50% to your goal. Um, hopefully you're moving that goal and moving the needle. What do you contribute to, you know, the success? I mean, are you, are, are, am I, are you seeing what I'm seeing that you're pretty far along? I mean, you have crazy, you know, nice social media reach and about already almost 350 donations. That's pretty, pretty good for not even started. It's great. It's absolutely great. And as I mentioned, it's going to be throughout the month of October. So we're pretty confident we're going to hit our goal. You know, um, we're lucky in the sense that when October hits, everybody from the NFL and the Major League Baseball to garbage cans, pink coffee cups, you name it, are right there in the forefront of everybody's uh, attention. So they know that something's going on with breast cancer and uh, and they usually want to do something. It's fun. I, I worked with my marketing team um, this year on what's called a pink pack. And we Oh, tell this. me about the pink pack because I just bought <laughs> moisturizer and my moisturizer that's typically yellow, I won't mention names, is pink and it came with charms for breast cancer awareness. And when they, you know, showed this to me at the counter, I'm like, is a portion of the proceeds going to breast cancer? And when they said, yes, I was happy to buy it, but I want to hear about your pink pack. That sounds awesome. 
Well, so often in the past, and I've been doing this for 17 years, so, so often businesses, everybody from IBM and health organizations to smaller, much, much smaller mom and pops would say to me, you know, October is coming up or October rolls around and we want to do something, but we don't know what to do. We're small or we're big or whatever. So we designed a pink pack for businesses with ideas on how to recognize your employees, your clients, your anybody in your organization um, and raise money for breast cancer uh, for miles of hope all at the same time. People are very interested in keeping the money local, helping their friends, neighbors, colleagues, whatever. So that's a great, a great sell for us. Um, but, uh, but it's literally downloadable from our website, milesofhope.org. You can download your pink pack and uh, see all kinds of ideas uh, everything from me coming and speaking to your employees to, um, golly, having um, a drive in your organization. Um, I was contacted by a, a very large, because sounds funny, but a very large garbage company right here in our area about painting our logo on their garbage trucks um, and uh, things like that. People want uh, businesses want people to know that they care about the community. So you're saying to them, okay, you know, tell people that you're helping to raise money for Miles of Hope or that you're helping to, you know, help someone in treatment for breast cancer right here in our in our New York area. Um, and uh, and businesses, they like that. They want that community spirit to be known by the public and by and, and they want to help their clients and they want to help their, their employees. Yeah, so, we're all in it together for yeah, sure. And exactly. if we're not, you know, I mean, it's men and women for each other, you know, yeah. um, I think we have one, uh, a little bit more time. And I, I think we would be remiss if we didn't speak about your honoree. Um, so I think it's Samantha Moser Scotty. Is that right? Could you, you know, let, let, let's, let's put some shine there and tell us all about your honoree and how that fits into your fundraising. Sure. So Sam was, um, we recognized her at a family fun run a number of years ago. Um, lovely gal. Um, sad to say that she is no longer with us. Um, she did die from breast cancer, but her family will be at the walk with us. And, um, she was also, so um, helped by our uh, what we call the Medical Gap Care Fund is that's the fund that helps people in treatment for breast cancer with any kind of bill or finance or you know anything they need while they're in treatment. So she was very involved with our organization. Uh, when she was feeling better, uh, she went, volunteered for us, and um, so she was just a shining light in our community. And um, we're all beautiful girl too. Just beautiful. I know. And just, we're just sad she's not with us. That's and it was just this year, right? It was uh, January of this year. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Breaking. I know. And I have, you know, obviously in 17 years been to a lot of funerals, quite honestly, that are all heartbreaking, every single one of them. But I have also embraced many, many more people 
who have gone through treatment and are now feeling great and playing softball and basketball and soccer. We have, uh, we sponsor all these tournaments and, and uh, we love to get people involved and, and uh, on their teams and, you know, they're doing great and they look wonderful and they want to give back. And, and so I have an army of volunteers who uh, are breast cancer survivors and oh, golly, they're just the most wonderful people. Well, big shout out to um, her husband, Anthony, and her sister, Mary Ellen. I'm sure we'll see them on the third. And I suspect that they'll be wearing the the sign I walk for uh, Sam. So hopefully your entire community will be wearing those signs before we go. You've been so generous with your time, but I think it would be important um, to share how once again, the community um, could get involved with um, the foundation or the walk. So if you could share some of, you know, where do we find you? Is it all social media outlets? What what event site? What website? Let, let's just go through that one more time because it sounds like an organization we all want to be part of. Thank you so much. Um, it's been lovely to chat with you. Um, our our um, web address is so easy that I'm just going to say, if you can go to milesofhope.org, you'll see how to either watch the video with Kim Douglas or log on to the walk site, get a pink pack. Um, you know, you can do anything right there from our website, milesofhope.org. We're on Instagram. Of course, we're on Facebook, like everybody, Miles of Hope BCF for Breast Cancer Foundation. And um, yeah, shout out, let us know how you're doing, what you're feeling, if it's frustrated, if it's happy, if you have a great story to share, let us know. Um, we'll put it right up on our website. And uh, and uh, so yeah, milesofhope.org. Well, Pat, and, and also an executive director that's completely approachable and accessible, which, um, Sounds like you are always that, but maybe the uh, global health pandemic just made it a little bit easier. So um, our hats off to you. We are thinking about you, praying for you and wishing you all great things. I hope you exceed that every goal. The trajectory looks good because we can see it on your leaderboard. So um, thank you so much for your time. Uh, Fearless Fundraisers, that's about all we have time for today. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoy today's Raise Nation topic, Breast Cancer Awareness Month. So you heard it from Parry. Please live healthy, uh, get preventative care, and certainly reach out if you need any, any, any support. Um, and this was your daily dose of fundraising inspiration. I certainly would like to thank our sponsors, One Cause, for making this episode possible. One Cause is driving the future of fundraising with easy-to-use software solutions that help nonprofits connect with donors. Be sure to check them out at onecause.com. So on behalf of Parry and Miles of Hope um, and myself, uh, thank you. Um, Parry, thank you so much for sharing your authentic uh, advice and, and conversation. Um, until next time, I am Don Lego, and this is Raise Nation Radio. Stay fearless out there. One Cause is the proud sponsor of Raise Nation Radio and your daily dose of fundraising inspiration. One Cause is driving the future of fundraising with easy-to-use software solutions that help nonprofits connect with donors. Day in and day out, 
One Cause puts your cause at the center of everything they do. Let One Cause power your fundraising.